What's up, what's up, what's up, guys? It's Agent26 from Agent26Beats.com, and I am back with another episode of the Turning Artists into Entrepreneurs podcast. I hope this week is a good one for you. We're in April, man. April, the season of hay fever. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, the season of warmer weather, uh, especially if you live in a place that gets four distinct seasons. Uh, but if you do have that hay fever, man, I highly suggest an allergy medication and a humidifier and prayer. Um, <laughs> I know it sucks. Uh, but we are finally in April. Uh, it's good to be back with you. Today I have a hot topic, something I've never discussed before. And I'm looking really uh, forward to it. Uh, today I wanted to talk about songwriting and most importantly, the arrangement and the structuring of why and what we should do when we're making our songs. But before I jump into all that, let's have a word from our sponsor. Okay, we're back. So, like I said, today we're going to talk about songwriting and arrangement. Uh, songwriting is a very tough topic to put all into one podcast. Um, but I did want to talk about structuring and some of this I'm going to talk about today is from research that I've done uh, from other sources. Um, some of it is things that I just kind of knew, but uh, I, I want to preface what I say by saying this is that I have gotten around people much smarter than myself, and that's where the information has uh, come from that I know. So if I say something that you know you maybe distinctly do differently or disagree with, I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, but I am saying that here's another way to look at things. So uh, please be open to that. Uh, so typically, you know, uh, when you're making music and you're looking for just structure and arrangement, um, even if you're, whether you're an artist or a producer, you know, we're typically all working out of DAWs, right? Or for those of you who may not know, digital audio workstations. So that's, you know, Ableton, Logic Pro X, that's FL Studio, Reason, uh, Cubase, um, you know, that's all, all of the uh, Pro Tools, of course, that's all of these uh, workstations. And in those workstations, you have the ability to create timestamps for different parts of a song. You can even uh, make them into templates, which is not a bad idea if you uh, feel that, like, your work needs structuring. So uh, I highly recommend, you know, uh, either downloading one, um, there's plenty of free ones on uh, YouTube or um, on Google. But if um, you can't, I think with FL Studio, I believe uh, that's, that's the one I use predominantly. But I think that in FL, it's just a matter of clicking somewhere in the playlist finder and, um, not playlist, but like the pattern selector, and I have to like I have to like see it to know where it's at. Like I know where it's at, but it's like so it's like clicking on pattern selector, and then you can uh, add them in and type type in pieces. So uh, definitely something that's very valuable um, to do, just so that way you get an idea of what goes where and when. Um, for producers, I think it's extremely helpful to do it because it lets you know how much variation. Um, should be put into your into your uh, project 
for that point in time. It keeps you from being repetitive because you know different parts of the song have to come in at different times. So for me, a general rule of thumb is uh, intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, and then verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus. Now, this is the way it was originally shown to me. Um, I had like done enough tutorial searching to, to, to see it. So um, I saw that, um, I think the last uh, person who I saw say something close to this was uh, the guy who does who runs the holistic songwriting channel on YouTube, which is uh, I highly recommend if um, you don't already watch it. Um, and what he basically says is, you know, that the intro, four bars, the first verse, sixteen, the pre-chorus, four bars, the chorus, eight bars, and the second verse, eight bars, four-bar pre-chorus, and then again eight uh, for the chorus, eight for the bridge, and eight for the chorus going out. Um, that way you're writing half the music um, instead of coming up with three minutes of original material you're really working on a minute and a half and then just looping um, the majority of the song this is this is a good formula it's definitely one that that you hear often I think that the most skilled songwriters um, definitely can play with this format and they don't have to stick as religiously to it but I have a lot to say about this because I do think that before you can break pattern, you need to live in that pattern. Like the first, I would say 50 to 75 songs that you make need to be in this pattern. I hear all too often, and I do mean all too damn often, you know, uh, artists who make every song a freestyle. You know, um, I was trying to collaborate with a, uh, a woman, a young lady, and her her idea for the track, like the way I structure my beats, if you ever go to age26beats.com, is I structure them out. Now, sometimes I put the chorus at the beginning because I feel like the chorus is really where the lush, uh, beautiful instrumentation is at. Sometimes I put it later if I feel like the chorus is kind of thin and not a whole lot of meat on it. And I just want you to get to rapping and singing. But uh, for this particular beat, I had the chorus first and it was eight bars. And then I had the verse, which uh, I was doing 12 bar verses. Um, and I'll get into why I do that later, if I remember. Uh, <laughs> but I had this, this structure. And as I was uh, sending her tracks back and forth, I noticed that she wanted edits that were pretty insane. She wanted me to extend um, the hook like out to like almost 32 bars. And then she wanted, like, the verse extended in this way too long. Like, the song, its original structure was three and a half minutes, which is pretty much standard for what we do. And she wanted it stretched to where the song was, like, six minutes long. And I was like, this girl's making a cypher. Now, I haven't produced for Jay-Z. Uh, I have not worked uh, with Kanye West yet. But I, I can tell you this much. Um, I know my stuff. And while this is not an indictment of the artist, I, I'm amazed at like the stubbornness when I said, "Hey, you, you need to focus on songwriting." I understand that you know you, you, you're 
a, a lyrical miracle, a lyrical whatever the hell you want to call it. You know, you like to just rap on beats, but uh, let me say three words to you to impart some wisdom. No one cares. Um, and I, I hate to say that, but I don't hate to say that. Um, no one cares if you can if you can rap. Uh, everyone uh, who's an American citizen uh, who grew up uh, and had the privilege of being in this country had to go to high school. Can't speak for other countries, but I know in America we all had high school, we all had middle school. So, with that being said, we've seen kids freestyle at the lunch table, at recess on the bus I, I know I have okay I, I played high school ball um, you know I was I was I've been in the arts since I was a young boy I can tell you I've seen kids sing and rap and dance forever freestyle is not impressive it's just like you know when you meet someone who can dance really well in freestyle but like the most beautiful thing the stuff that you actually pay to see is choreography you know I, I would not pay uh, $60 a ticket to go watch a, a guy freestyle dance. I will pay $60 a ticket to go watch Jabberwockies at the MGM Grand. And I think that that is the main difference that I, I think as people we that we miss. We're not cognitive of the fact that as an artist, people want to hear great music, great songs. It's not enough just to make a dope freestyle uh, over a beat and then kind of be lazy about the hook and then uh, just loop that and, and slap it on a two-minute song and be like, all right, I'm done. I, I don't agree with this uh, with this process. And I think that you're cheating your potential customer by not um, embracing the songwriting structure so that you're forced to write a song. So um, this is your first time hearing this, the, the, about the structure. Um, stick to it. Uh, if you're an experienced vet and like you kind of know the game, I still encourage you to stick to it because you are you are creating space to where you can very clearly switch up the music on your art audience. And I think that's the most important thing. Another thing I want to point out is that I think you had to stop listening to rap music. Um, I understand that that's the most popular genre in the world right now. I know my rock purists would disagree with me, but hip hop is the current culture and rock and roll is definitely close behind. But I, I, I try to encourage people who I know who rap or who make R&B or listen to R&B or play R&B. I'm like, gotta get out of listening to those genres because I think that they teach bad lessons because when you when you hear like The Weeknd sing a song I mean The Weeknd has obviously great songwriters on his team and he himself is a great songwriter but like they have masters of the craft doing it right and what you really need is to find people that are so structured that um, it's almost sickening so I recommend listening to like Duran Duran and like Hall and Oates, um, Huey Lewis and the News. Listen to these like 80s like pop bands. Um, you know, listen to uh, old Michael Jackson. Listen to uh, there's an album that I love from one of my favorite old movies, The Last Dragon. 
listen to Barry Cordy's The Last Dragon soundtrack. And even if you don't like this music, uh, that's okay. But listen to it and embrace the structure. Like, you know, uh, Hungry Like a Wolf from, by Duran Duran is probably one of the catchiest songs I've ever heard. And it's because of its structuring. It's because of how few words are in the hook. And I think that if you're listening to the right, um, the right music, it'll change what you do in yours. Like, there's a distinct portion of, oh, this is definitely a verse. This is absolutely the, the, the pre-chorus leading into the chorus. And, 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 you know, the great songwriters do really beautiful things. Like, they lead into their, their hooks. Their pre-choruses are essentially... Like, let's say you make a 16-bar verse, right? Their pre-choruses are essentially that last four bars. Or, or, you know what I mean? Like that last, like, the last four that leads in. Let's say they, they, they could be, you know, singing about whatever. And then right before uh, they get to the actual hook, they, they're either singing very quietly or they take an instrument out or whatever the case may be. And they allow the hook to really shine. Uh, a song where I think you really hear this is like Hip to be Square, which is uh, like probably one of the most popular Huey Lewis, Huey, Huey Lewis in the news uh, songs. And, you know, uh, you can just hear, like, the subtleties to it. And I promise you, the first time you hear the song, they're so catchy, you won't notice any of this. But as you continue to listen to them over and over, you'll be like, oh, wow, I see, I see this is this distinct bridge here. This is definitely the second verse. It's much shorter than the first. And, like, these kinds of things are important to notice because they allow you to make educated decisions on your own music. So if your idea about song, about a song you want to write is, um, uh, I'm tired of this, right? Let's just say that's what, you know, the record is going to be about. You can intro it kind of talking about what you're going to talk about, right? It's almost like an essay. You tell the people what the thesis is going to be. Um, and then, uh, I I think a great example of this is, uh, the Duppy uh, song that, that Drake made in response to Pusha T. Like, he just started it with, like, the nerve, the audacity. You're like, okay, he's gonna rap. This is gonna be a rap song. Um, and then he goes into a verse. Now, in that particular record, there was no hook, but the point I'm making is that you give yourself room. Like, you're like, okay, I made this. Now I need to, I need to have eight bars, uh, for, for, for this, for this chorus. And, like, you can be very distinct about it. Because, it won't, things don't just bleed into the other because you just didn't think about it. Now they bleed into each other because you're having a purposeful thought to your arrangement. So it's definitely something worth keeping in mind. All right, so I don't want to make this too long. So um, I just want to leave you with a little recap of things that you could do after this episode to um, make it a little bit easier to kind of compartmentalize what I've just said. So one, um, practice writing in that structure. You don't even have to record, but practice writing in that structure and try to keep your next 50 to 75 songs in this rigid of a structure and see how creative you can be within those limitations. Two, uh, listen to 80s bands. Listen to, like I said, listen to... Duran Duran or Hall and Oates or Huey Lewis in the News. Listen to these bands and try to decipher where they make 
the distinctions between bridge and chorus and verse and so on and so forth. So um, do that uh, secondly. And third, uh, repetition. Just keep doing it. Keep doing these things, um, practicing the structure, listening to these bands, try to figure out where they're doing what and focus on this for this next week and just see if you feel like you're growing um, at all from, from this information. Now, you may think, oh, well, Nick, this is kind of repetitive and I don't want to just do songs in the structure. I'm like, and I would tell you, stick with it because, you know, I hate doing bicep curls in the gym, but they help, you know, uh, grow muscle that's very much so needed that you can't just target doing anything else. So grow this muscle, get very good at these things. And once you get really good at it, you can break the rules and then do the things that you want to do. If you start out breaking the rules, you never get good at the fundamentals. So I'll leave you with that. I hope this week is good to you guys. I hope you like this episode. Um, as always, if you uh, want to hit me up, if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, um, follow me at Agent26Official across all social media. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.